to the Gridiron Show, and it's our week four review. The first London game of the season is in the books. And wasn't it a cracker? No. It was terrible for three quarters, but brilliant for the fourth quarter. Lots of takeaways to take away from it as the Jags get the win. And they come back in the AFC South. We'll hear from a slew of names from their locker room. I'll talk about Andrew Luck making one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my adult life. This is the Gridiron Show. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you're listening to The Gridiron Show with me, Will Gavin, and Ollie Hunter is with me as well. Before we even get to anything else, let's just say this, first of all. Tickets are selling like vaguely warm cakes for our <laughs> end of week eight post-international series party. We know now uh, a few of the special guests who are going to be in attendance, so you should make sure that you're there as well. If you've been to either of our Super, par- Super Bowl parties, you'll know what a fun venue it is and what a great location it is as well. But we do not have the downstairs room this time due to a bar mitzvah. So we are only in the upstairs area. That means it's a limited number of tickets compared with previously. So you want to get on there and buy your tickets ASAP. It's £10 a ticket. That includes a free beer and a free copy of the latest Gridiron magazine. So basically you're getting £9 worth of free stuff and your entry for your £10 ticket. Uh, And, uh, you know, we're going to have a great time. We're going to enjoy the game. There's going to be some bowling. Everyone's going to be there. It's going to be really, really good fun. We'd love to see you there too. Yeah, absolutely. Is it all night? And you can get um, you can get uh, group tickets as well. Oh uh, yeah, which makes it there's a slight discount, isn't there, for group if tickets? If you can get six for the price of five or ten for the price of eight, if you buy in groups, those are all available on the website. So go to gridiron-magazine.com forward slash after party, and you can buy your tickets there. Boom, boom! Can't get better than that. Uh, shall we talk about? Well, first of all, Ollie. Uh, since we departed on <laughs> Sunday night at the Hippodrome, we have passed at work like ships in the night. But you've been working a crazy number of hours. Oh, my God. Uh, I just want to make sure you're all right, man. Man, I'm, I'm still ill. I, I can't believe I'm still ill. It's almost two weeks. It's, a, it's such a ball ache. Why can't I just get better? I don't, I don't know. What is this? I think it's because I'm stuck here in this rancid hellhole that is talk sport. Uh, that could be a lot to do with it. I'd like to publicly thank you for doing my shift last night <laughs> why don't you just privately thank me that would be fine um i haven't had the chance I, i've had many chances to privately thank you and i haven't bothered so i thought i'd do it publicly you know ollie uh i'm not gonna lie this is all exciting to me but not as exciting as the news that i found out earlier today uh, what's that well we're going to the super bowl oh yeah uh, yeah in february uh, again and we'll be doing a podcast every day and it's going to be really great fun and we're going to be speaking to lots of big names on radio row and it'll be the usual top top stuff but there's something extra today i extended our flights back from sunday to saturday okay because why announced are we going to see radiohead no, we're not. <laughs> I've I mean, that. that would be only the reason—the only reason why I would want to change my flights. San Antonio, yep. Sunday night. The Royal Rumble is in town, and we are going, my friend. What? 
<laughs> yes, that, I've wanted to go see the Royal Rumble since I was like 10 years old. And genuinely, the first time we went to the Super Bowl two years ago, I realized it was the Sunday before and I looked it up, but it was the wrong side of the country. And I always said to myself, if we keep getting to be as ridiculously lucky as we know we are and going to the Super Bowl every year, then one year I want to try and get in the Royal Rumble as well. And originally it was meant to be in LA this year. Apparently that's fallen apart. They've moved it to San Antonio. How far away is San Antonio I, and Houston? About three hours in the car. They do great barbecue there. There's lots of great music bars, lots of great venues. So we're going to go there on the Saturday. We're going to drink. We're going to have fun. We're going to be around the culture on the Sunday. And then we're going to watch some grown men beat the crap out of each other. What's the Royal Rumble? Is it boxing? It's... No, you know that it's WWF. Oh, WWE, sorry. I don't... You know I don't like WWE. I don't care. We're going. Do I have to go? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> as long as you'll drive us home, then that's fine. I'll drive you home. <laughs> I'll drive you home. Oh, my God. Um, uh, you've been looking at Airbnbs for us in uh, in Houston. I think we've booked somewhere. Okay, you've booked somewhere. But I've been looking through some of the pictures. And one of the houses, there's a dog in every picture. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's, that's really weird. For that house, I um, I messaged them, yeah, and um, they uh, they confirmed to me that they had set the wrong price, and actually the price was going to be double what they'd set it as. So uh, no, thank you. They were taking the mick. That's what they yeah. were doing. I think they were going to see a lot of that. It's Super Bowl week, but there we go. Right, anyway, Ollie, we're talking about totally nonsense and random stuff. We've got loads to get to on the show today, and because we're recording a day later than usual, because we've been uh, working like dogs, uh, we are kind of just gonna. We're going to touch on the biggest stories from week four, give you some of our big takeaways, focusing on London. We'll look forward to Thursday night football as well uh, as the Cardinals travel to the 49ers. Maybe the 49ers can pick up a win now. Carson Palmer looks like he's going to be uh, out. Um, And uh, yeah, and the usual nonsense. People have been getting in touch with us as well on Twitter, sending in their questions. So we'll do all of those. uh, That sounds good. It's going to be scattershot, but we're going to hear from the likes. Scattershot. Yeah, that's what I went with. Not scattergun. Nope, scattershot. Scattershot. It's basically the same thing, mate. Come on. I know, but... We're going to hear from the locker room from Paul Puzzlesny, Kelvin Beecham, Jalen Ramsey and Miles Jack, the two young rookies, and Malik Jackson, Super Bowl winner, who we spoke to after the Super Bowl, speaking to him again after a win in London. All very exciting. Yeah, very I spoke, to, I spoke to two of those guys, and uh, I've forgotten what they said, so it is very exciting for me. I get to hear it all again. How much did you enjoy the game on Sunday? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it wasn't great, was it? For the well, first no. three quarters, it was pretty dirty. Actually, the Jaguars' defense played pretty well to restrict Indianapolis, but in, the Colts kept dropping balls, uh, typified with the final the final play of the game, uh, pretty much, when um, <laughs> Dwayne Allen dropped a ball. It wasn't the best game. The drive that summed up the set the first half for me was the drive right at the very death, where uh, 75 yards from goal, the Jags get the ball, minute six left. They manage to drive all the way down to the five-yard line, have to end up settling for a 22-yard field goal, which, firstly, they shouldn't have had to have settled for anyway because they should have pushed for the touchdown. But they only got that far due to three separate penalties you on the right. Colts, adding an extra 40 yards onto their drive. And it just, that summed up a majority of the game. And we'll, we'll, you'll hear from Kelvin Beecham in a little while, but he's, whilst he's obviously delighted to get the win, he calls it scrappy, he calls it sloppy, he calls it messy. Um, the thing about that last, that final drive on, in that half, 
the, the three penalties were all on the same side of the field, two of them against um, Cromartie uh, on Alan Robinson. Well, are we, the best tweet we've got all weekend, and I've just been trying to find it so I could actually name the person, but, uh, but I can't at the moment. So I'll, I'll give them a shout-out at some point. But they said, uh, Antonio Cromartie knelt for the American National Anthem, stood for the British National Anthem, and then bent over for the game. I mean, he did. He did. And in that, in that drive, it, he was abysmal. But to not put it up with seven seconds left on the clock to Alan Robinson against Cromartie on, on the right-hand side of the field. And then uh, it was baffling play-calling. I mean, really safe, um, and dull. I think London deserved better and more than that. Ooh, Ooh. nasty. Well, you know, I'm going to say it. it. I don't think... It, I think it was a good... And the, f- the fact is, the fourth quarter, and bless the people who left early to go and try and catch games in town, etc. But the fourth quarter was brilliant. Big yeah. comeback from the Colts. I mean, again, two penalties actually on the Jags that helped them with that combined win. But Frank Gore gets a touchdown you know, six years after he got a touchdown here with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they get the big long... Well, they get, first of all, the touchdown to T.Y. Hilton in the end zone. Then Alan Hearns doing his best Dimitri Pyatt impression. Yeah, That's thanks. Right. You can have that. Yep. The thing that I put on Twitter and then you tried to claim you said first. I said it first. Ask Paolo Bandini. He heard it. Well... I said it on radio, so uh, it's on record as me saying it. I'm oh, I can't believe you've me. stolen that from me. You are <laughs> yeah. one of the worst human beings <laughs> on the planet. Said it completely you independently you are you. a disgraceful human being. I wouldn't have brought it up if I'd stolen it from you, would I? Uh, yeah, because you, your big Billy Bollocks um, ego <laughs> has spiralled way out of control. Oh, I did. Um, Tim Brown, who's a regular tweeter to the show, I was on the tube on the way into Wembley. And you know when you're coming along the Met line or the Jubilee line, you, you actually come out from the underground. And it was really sunny, first thing. So I pulled out my, uh, my Ray-Bans, I slapped them on. I was sat there, big smile on my face, ready for a day of NFL action. And then he walked up to me and went, Will Gavin. And I, I genuinely, my heart sunk. Anyway, oh, no. Now you're going to have to tell people. Not because somebody came and recognised me. Sorry, that sounded really bad. But just because I knew that this was going to be another moment we were going to end up talking about on the podcast. And he literally walked up to me and went, now you have to tell people on the podcast that somebody recognised you on the tube. The, so even is, Big Bollocks has become a cyclical thing now. Billy Big Bollocks is not just a thing that's happened. It's now a thing that's happening because I discussed it. Uh, which is rather frustrating. And it's getting even worse. At uh, the Hippodrome, you had about three or four people, whilst you were sat down, come over and talk to you. In front of other people, you are... It's out of control, guys. Um, We need to knock this on the head. We need to stop this. I think you all need to calm down. It's absolutely fine. We've got no problem whatsoever. Okay. Um, So uh, the Jags come back. Alan Hearns uh, scores the the go-ahead touchdown. Then we see a ridiculous Philip Dorsett... Uh, touchdown huge blown coverage and Jalen Ramsey who was brilliant throughout the yeah. game in general so physical but that showed the rookie element to his game he blew the coverage there and uh, we got the big touchdown for the fellow rookie to Philip Dorsett but I want to talk more about the very final moments of the drive and I talked about this if you go to Gridiron Magazine the, the website gridiron-magazine.com we put up something called the Tuesday Morning Touchdown every Tuesday morning, which for uh, written by myself, by Ollie, by Matt Sherry. I, I didn't do it this week. I was Liam too tired. Blackburn. I missed last week, so that's fine. Yeah, one on one. Um, okay. Yeah, everyone sends in their thoughts, their takeaway from week four, and my takeaway was about Andrew Luck because on Sunday afternoon I saw Andrew Luck make one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. 
<laughs> now, I said initially on a football field, but I think that I've ever seen full stop. Facing fourth and one at midfield, with a minute 36 left on the clock and down by three, the field opened up in front of him. But rather than basically walk the four paces it would have taken to gain the yard and gain the first down and keep the game alive, he decided to put trust in the hands of a receiving core who had a litany of drops across the afternoon. His short pass hit Dwayne Allen's hands of stone, and it was game, set, and match jags. Utter idiocy there are a couple of things in this the worst decision you've ever seen you were there at the altar when your wife said yes see i said that i made that joke on i race. made that joke i can't I, believe you're trying to steal another joke of mine that i made that joke you are the worst per i made that joke yeah you ba- yeah but when we discussed it you basically dared me that i wouldn't make that joke on uh, that i wouldn't make that joke on national radio so i, I did, did give i did give you the joke yeah, exactly. I gave you so the joke. But I, then I thought I'd reclaim it for the pod. I so think that's I made, fair. I made that joke. Not only did Andrew McKenna, our host on TalkSport 2, follow up my considered report by saying, I've met Will Gavin. That is the worst decision his wife has ever made. <laughs> that's incredible. But then when Dan Windle, our, uh, my fellow host on TalkSport 2, replayed the audio later on, he came off the back of it and went, that joke was even worse the second time I heard it, Will. Like, both people referenced it. So, you know... You yeah. made me say a terrible thing on radio about my wife. Do you want to hear... Enough, it's at the cinema right now, not, not in the front room with me as usual. Incredible. Do you want to hear Andrew Luck after the game uh, talking about that very play? Yes, I do, sir. Yes, I do. There's a million decisions every game in hindsight that you, know, you look at and say, I'd, very rarely, you know, I wish or I should, I could, we can all, we can all play you know, Monday morning quarterback and whatever. And you know, I, I know I make every decision what I think is going to be the best decision uh, for the offense. And at that time, stepping up, I thought the best best way to get that first down was to was to pop it to Dwayne. And uh, guy made a nice play. And I wish I put a little more oomph on the ball. You know, a lot of things. Yeah, I wish maybe we just tuck it, tuck it and run, whatever. Get the freaking first down. But it didn't happen. Uh, and you move on. And defense a nice job stopping, and we had a chance. You know, yeah, he still had a chance at the end. And discuss Will Gavin. So. I watched the playback the following morning after I'd been so angry at the time and slated him. And what I found myself feeling was not anger or frustration or any of the other stuff I'd felt the day before, but pity. Not disappointment? Because admittedly, the play had been, it had been partially helped thanks to a huge missed call. Jack Muhawk completely holds St. Derek Marks, but the sieve of an O-line that had allowed Jacksonville to double their season sack total, total in one afternoon. They had six for 44 yards on the day clearly had luck spooked that Colts roster we've talked about this many times but I'm gonna say it again it's deeply flawed it's an utter mess good teams don't keep making the same mistakes they fix problems they move on but India plagued by slow starts missed tackles dropped passes stupid penalties and they're now going to be the first team to forego their post-London buy so it doesn't get any easier for them we know London has this tradition of losing head coaches, biting the bullet, losing their job. And I know we've been banging this drum, drum for a while. But Jim say, clear it all out. Because right now, you are wasting the career of one of the greatest young quarterbacks to come into the league in the last 20 years. Maybe ever. Maybe even ever. And he just has nothing around him offering him enough support. And he will big up his teammates as much as he wants when he talks to us. And he will never blame the O-line. He'll never blame anyone else. But... The Colts this year 
will have a losing record. Wow. I'm convinced of that. And there's no way that you can throw in the hysterical uh, drop there. I think and I don't care that JJ Watt's gone down for the Texans, right. and I don't care that the Titans are looking poor. Mariota, the, the smash mouth football just isn't suiting the system. And I, and I don't care that the Jags are 1-3 and three and have still got some tough games to play. I just, just angry and frustrated and... I, I feel bad for Colts fans because you've got at least another year of misery beyond you. And I tell you what, there are a lot of Colt fans, Colts fans at uh, Wembley yes, uh, what was it, Sunday. Loads of them there. And yeah, they, they are being shortchanged across the world by this organisation. It's not great. Really isn't great. Do you think Pagano said that they would forego the bye just in case they lost? And therefore it's more difficult to sack a, a coach when there isn't a buy? <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. But look, let's... I, I, why I want to talk? Let's get positive now. All let's right. talk about the Jags. Because they made some mistakes. They let the Colts back into the game in the fourth quarter. But the attitude in the locker room from the coaches... Uh, Gus Bradley, I didn't get to see his press conference, but when he came back... Oh, man, he looks the- like uh, Walter White. <laughs> he, when he takes off his hat, he proper looks like Walter White. When he came back through the locker room after the game, I just shook his hand and said, like, congratulations, coach. Good game. And he is so, like, the difference in him from 12 months ago, there are problems. There's no doubt it. The fact that they've got as many games at Wembley, as many wins at Wembley as they do at Everbank Field in the last 12 months is a problem. But everything this it is so much more positive and i saw a lot from that defensive side of the ball that i liked now maybe it was going up against the colts but you look against their their next few games the bears raiders who are very up and down so far this year the titans the lions the titans and the colts in the horizon you know these are all winnable games you could see them winning six of their next 12 that's right maths good and going seven and nine, and because it's been a positive end to the season, keeping those guys around and pushing forwards with them. And actually, I could see them winning the AFC South at eight and eight. You know, it's that sort of season for these teams. Uh, there's, it's going to be very difficult for us to not name the AFC South our division of disgrace this year. It's going to be so hard. I think it's the been, Texans may be the, NF- the only shining light, maybe. But we saw how bad they were against New England a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. It's been the NFC South in the past. It's been the NFC East in the past, and it's been the AFC South. They may be the first repeat division to be the gridiron show division of disgrace. Yeah, I'm. I'm at the moment, it's looking the most likely. Uh, but then we went to the Hippodrome afterwards. We had a lovely night, had a few beers, went into work the next morning, sounded like Sean Dyche on air. Uh, it was all. It was all great. It was fine. Shall we I hear some of those interviews? I think we should. What a lovely idea. Uh, let's start off with... Well, I think we've, we've gone heavy on the defensive side of the ball, but I think that's the right side of the ball for us to have gone heavy on. Uh, I want to first of all hear from friend of the show, Kelvin Beecham. He was wearing his Spurs shirt in the locker room, his Beecham 68 shirt. Spurs, of course, beat Man City to go to second in the table within a point of City, ending Pep Guardiola's 100% record. He'd heard this, clearly, by the time he'd got off the field, and I asked him whether what, it was a good day for him to be in London. 
Hey, it's a great day to be in London. It's a great day to be a Jaguar. And it's a great day to be a Spur. Go Coys. You came here as a Steeler three years ago, lost that game. What's it feel like to, after another crazy fourth quarter, come out with the W? It feels awesome. You know, it's awesome to, to find a way to get a win. Um, this is a nasty win. It was a dirty win. It was not It was sloppy. But we found a way to get a win. As long as you get a win in the National Football League, it's a win. Sometimes it's hard to get wins in this, in this, in this league. So to be able to get a win uh, was great. You've got those three field goals either the side of half time and it looked like that might be enough but a bit of frustration getting in that you weren't converting those to touchdowns and then the Colts go crazy. We've got to find a way to score. We've got to find a way to put seven on the board in, this, in the National Football League. You've got to find a way to put seven on the board and in some ways we did that in some ways we didn't but uh, we've got to find a way to close the game out better. Like I said, we got to win uh, but it's a lot of things that we can work on and improve on from this game. What about when Luke went down in this one? That had to be tough to make that adjustment. You're still a young line, still a young team. It, it was hard, you know, but uh, Patrick right here, my man right here, you got a shout out to, to Patrick Omame. Uh, came in and did a, did a tangible job. A tangible job. So, uh, uh, very excited for Pat. Um, you know, know that uh, it's a next man up type of mentality. He came in and did the job. Uh, he did more than admirable. He did, uh, he did awesome. So, I'm um, happy for him and happy that we got a win today. I have to tell you, I caught up with Tony Baselli upstairs and I said to him, what do you make of Kelvin Beachman? And, oh, man, he's a great pass blocker. And the knee... It's just getting stronger. So big words from a Jags legend. He had a lot of love for you. Well, he, he knows what it is to come back from a knee injury. So uh, me and him have been talking quite a bit, you know, working through this whole process. Because, you know, some days it feels good. Some days it feels like crap. But, you know, you got to find a way to get it done. I'll ask you about two plays in this game in particular. Both of them were when you were off the field. But first of all, that sack, which ended up being a sack. But when Luck bounces back up, throws the ball 50 yards downfield to Jack Doyle. And initially they move the chains. What's going through everyone's mind on the sideline watching that? No way. It really can't happen because I really feel we had him pinned back and um, getting ready to take take over the game. And that play could have really opened things up even more than they were. Um, but I'm glad they called it back. I'm glad we got instant replay. And uh, <laughs> glad we got instant replay uh, because that play might, you know, they might have, might have let that one go. I mean, Gus throws the challenge flag there, then goes for it on fourth and three. That field goal you get from that drive ends up being the difference in this game. You know, uh, every inch, every point counts. Uh, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but we got it done. Now, for a guy who's blocking on the line and you see what happened in that very final Colts play of the game, they completely opened up the field in the middle for Andrew Luck. All he has to do is run it forwards five yards. He's got the first down and the game's over. He chooses to fire it to Dwayne Allen. The ball drops. How are you reacting in that moment? Those are his problems, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I could care less about what the opponent does. It's about what our team is doing. And we made a stop and we uh, got the ball back and found a way to win the game. We had a very positive conversation on Friday where you said to me, JJ Watt going down, AFC South looks like it's going to open up. You're one and three now. Chiefs went on a big run when they left London last year. Has this team got what it takes to suddenly go on a run like that? You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to compare what we do to other teams or so not going to worry about what other teams have to offer. We're going to take care of what we take care of, control what we can control, and uh, we let the ships fall where they may. you got a bye week now. Any chance you stick around, maybe come and watch Spurs here at Wembley? Man, i got to get home. I miss my wife. I ain't seen my wife in a couple couple weeks, actually, so I, I, I need to get <laughs> home. That's the right answer, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, Kelvin, man, always a real pleasure. Uh, go Spurs yes, and uh, go Jags. Yes, sir. Anytime. Thank you much. Kelvin Beach in there, always great fun, and uh, he's going to come on and join us. And it was great. I, I mentioned to him that I spoke to Tony Baselli. Tony's going to join us on the show in the not-too-distant future as well. And he had so many positive words for Kelvin, really, really positive. Said his run blocking could do with some, uh, some improvement, but, uh, but all in all, he was pretty pleased with it. What I'm slightly surprised by, Ollie, is when I raised that statistic of the fact that the Jags have as many wins at Wembley as they do in Everbank Field, 
you didn't raise me behaving like one of the worst human beings in the world. Uh, not then, no. I did when you said it to their press officers and uh, other officials who were actually visibly upset that you brought it up. I mean, I couldn't believe you brought it up then. I don't remember you bringing it up with Beecham. What was hilarious... No, I brought it with you before Beecham. Oh. What was hilarious is that they clearly didn't know that stat. No, they didn't. They didn't know it. You brought it up. You offended them. I apologised on behalf of England and you to them. (laughs) And By the way, I didn't tweet it. Liam Blackburn tweeted it, and I retweeted it from the Gridiron account. So the... Baddie in all of this is, of course, Matthew Sherry. <laughs> exactly. Yes, <perfect>. okay. <laughs> so, well, I don't know why we, we ever look beyond that. Um, uh, let's hear, do you want to hear from the rookies? Yes. A couple of rookies, a yeah. couple of impressive games. Uh, uh, let's hear, let's hear, to them, hear from them back-to-back. We'll firstly hear from Miles Jack. It was his first start. Uh, sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll hear from Miles Jack. It was his first start uh, as an NFL player. But firstly, let's hear from rookie cornerback, First round pick for the Jaguars in 2016, Jalen Ramsey. The defensive backs were a tight knit group, and um, if anything, I all lean on them, and you know we'll have a, we'll, uh, I can, you know, have somebody to learn from. I guess every week going up in practice against guys like Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, uh, Julius Thomas. I know he wasn't fit today. I guess that makes you a better cornerback, right? 100. percent Yeah, uh, we try to make each other better no matter what. So uh, they definitely. Uh, they definitely helped me to better myself as a player. Talk to me about the defensive line. They put enough pressure on uh, Andrew Luck and the, and the other quarterbacks. It makes your job a, a whole lot easier, right? Yeah, it makes our job uh, a whole lot easier. And they balled today. Uh, they really played their asses off. And Paul Puzlossi, we spoke to him on the show uh, earlier this week. He's a real veteran, but also a real leader. One and a half sacks. What kind of influence does he bring to that defense? Uh, tons of influence. He, Like you said, he's, a, he's an incredible leader for this defense um, and I'm glad to have him on, on, on my team for sure so I'm here with Miles Jack first start under your belt in the NFL it came in a foreign country and you've come home with a win how do you feel uh, what better way you know what I mean to come out here in London and um, get a win for my first start to run through that that smoke and just feel the crowd feel the energy of just foreign uh, just the land just how everybody was so into it it was really cool and the fans were into it the entire game. I seen them doing the wave and everything. So it was an awesome experience to come out here and get the win. And what's it like to be part of this defense? Gus Bradley, obviously a very defensive-minded coach. You've got ball players all across the board. So uh, tell me what it's like to be part of the defense. You know, it's, it's an awesome feeling, but it, it's, it's so competitive how we play that, it, that it, it rises everybody, it rises the level of how we play around everybody. So I feel like we're all playing at a high level just because the next man is, you know what I mean? We feed off of each other. So, you know, I'm very excited. I think this defense, this is just the beginning. You know, I think we can do a lot more. We saw what you guys did in the first three quarters, holding Andrew Lark, the the most expensive player in NFL history. You held him to six points for the the first three quarters. But tell me what happened in that fourth quarter. You know, um, I mean, it's the NFL, and you got to play a full 60 minutes. So, I mean, eventually they were going to make plays. Like you said, Andrew Luck is... He's paid like that for a reason, you know what I mean? So he did his thing. I mean, we definitely have to tighten up, though. Um, that's no excuse, but at the end of the day, they made plays. And when it really mattered, we just made more plays than they did, and we ended up winning. So it's, it's awesome. You guys won. You've got that first win under your belt now. How far can this team go? What are you aiming for? You know, we're, we're, we're going to capitalize off this. We're, we're definitely going to keep the ball rolling. Um, 
And uh, it's, it's, it's really cool just seeing the guys and how happy everybody is. And I think we're, we're going to get more comfortable with this winning feeling. And so you're coming back next year. That's a given. You know that, right? So you're definitely coming back yeah. next year. Who would you like to play? Or doesn't it matter? You just... No, it, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, whoever whoever they pick, I, I'll be very excited. But I'm definitely excited to come back over here and uh, see some more London. So I'm excited. And what's the plane ride home going to be like? Oh, uh, hopefully, hopefully it should be a cheerful, happy, maybe a little party on the plane. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. There we go. Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey. They're both very eloquent. Uh, Miles Jack, I've found... Um, very impressive uh, on the day he played pretty well but really calm and composed afterwards absolutely loved playing over here in, in the UK and can't wait to come back next let's now fi- finish off by hearing from two we c- I think we can officially call them now friends of the show they've been on like two three times each uh, <laughs> team up but clearly coming off the win first of all he looked absolutely shattered after that fourth quarter performance uh, he was sat there red faced and just uh, he looked Kind of, you know, when somebody has just come out of a really good gig and they look kind of tired but punch drunk, yeah, they're like big smile yeah. on their face and like sweaty and just he was so pleased and we had some fun with him as well. And then we'll hear from Malik Jackson speaking with the Mike White, ah, the Mike White, uh, Super Bowl winner last year, now winner in London. Uh, but let's kick off with Paul Bosley. So Paul Bosley, we spoke to you before this game, and well, first of all, let's get your reaction coming out of London after that crazy fourth quarter with the win just so glad that we came away with a victory you know it, it wasn't pretty and uh, we definitely didn't play our best at the end but we played well enough to win so we're thankful for that it's only like your defense were playing lights out through the first three quarters holding them to field goals and then what happened in that fourth quarter it seemed when luck went no huddle things got a little bit thrown yeah Andrew Luck he's an it, it, it was him he's an unbelievable quarterback and uh, he has great command of the offense and he's he is unbelievable in that no huddle situation uh, so it was a challenge trying to stop him. Do you think that has something to do with the younger players on your defense on those blown coverages? Maybe it's still the communication is building between you guys? I think part of it is just the difficulty of playing against a, a great no-huddle quarterback like Luck. Um, he's able to find openings in the defense once when other quarterbacks can't. So we've got to give him the credit for that. And talk us through what happened with that sack play because we were all convinced he'd hit the ground. He gets back up, they fire the ball down the field, and suddenly the whole offense is moving 50 yards. You must have been getting up. What's going on? My heart dropped when, when, when that happened because I, I thought he was down. Um, when, when he threw that ball downfield, I said, oh no. But uh, thankfully, he was down, so it was, it was all for nothing. Did Gus ask you? Did he look to you to say, surely he was down? I mean, when we saw the replay on the, on the screen, we felt like it was pretty obvious that his knee touched, so thankfully it did. And what did you make that final play, bang the ball out of Dwayne Allen's hands? But I have to say, from where we were in the press box, I think most of the fans, we saw Andrew Luck with a field open in front of him, ready to run for that first down. You must have been relieved when you see the ball come out of his hands. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's why he's such a good threat, because he's able to move so well. You know, he moves so well for a quarterback. Um, so when you have a guy like that that can do both, not only throw the ball downfield well, but, he, but he's a threat with his to, to move, um, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for a defense to play against that. One and three at this point. The Chiefs came out of here last year and went on a big run, went to the playoffs. The Texans have just lost J.J. Watts. There's a lot of talk about the AFC South being wide open again. So how big is this divisional win to kickstart your season? We needed this big time, not only because it's a division game. We just needed a win in general. Um, you know, we didn't start the season the way that we wanted to, but to come out to London, 
get a win against a division opponent, th- this will be a great start for us to turn things around. And hey, what about that crowd in the fourth quarter? Unbelievable. It's so much fun playing in this atmosphere because the crowd is so live, people are so excited. It is an unbelievable experience to play here. I think what people will learn from having seen today and certainly last year against the Bills is they know when to get loud, they know when to stay quiet. And when you guys were on defense, it felt like the crowd were helping you out. Absolutely. They were, they were in it all game long. Um, so, it's, like I said, it's, just, it's a lot of fun to play in this atmosphere because so many people are excited to be here, excited to watch this game. It's, it's fun to be a part of. So you guys now, you're still committed to London for another four years beyond this, and you personally, I hope, will continue to come back here. Are you, just the Jags being adopted as London teams got to be pretty special. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I think it's a great thing for the organization. Um, we know we're, we're committed to being here. We want to make this home away from home. Malik Jackson with us. Malik, how much did you need that win as a team? Man, that was a huge win. We really needed that, man, you know, to go into this bye week. Uh, one, in, one in three, you know, and especially winning the division game, it was it was very important for us. What was the secret to it? What was the key? Just fighting all four quarters, man. You know, you see that was a good team we played against. They came back against us, and, and they came back uh, fighting in the fourth quarter, and we just stood strong and had to do our thing, and, you know, we came on top. It, 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 these guys showed their, their true grit, man, and the hard work we've been putting in, and I'm glad, you know, we can get this win over here for our, for our fans in the U.K. What do you learn from a game like this as a team? <sighs> we can't we can't keep giving up dumb penalties. I think we need to work on the D-line against the quarterback, not letting them scramble out. The secondary, you know, has to work on holding and, and not letting guys get behind them. I think we all have a lot to, to learn from this game, but it's not a game that we came out and just killed them. You know, I think we, we definitely can learn from this and keep growing, and we need to keep growing. How much concern was there about going 0-4 before this? <laughs> Shit, it was a very strong possibility, you know, if we didn't win this game. And uh, I think we, we didn't talk about it, but we understood the importance of winning this game because, you know, we, we have a lot on the line, you know, back in the States. And uh, we love our coach. We fight for our coach. He gives us so much respect and as players, and we just want to go out there and win for him. So to be able to do that for him today was, was awesome. How sweet against the divisional rival. Oh, it's very sweet. You know, I mean, the first two games, but uh, the Packers were NFC games, so that really didn't matter. Uh, the since well, it was big. It was big, man. You know, but uh, we just got to keep going. We got to win our AFC games, our division games, and uh, just just try to get uh, better. Just talk to me briefly about yourself. You leave, you leave Denver as a Super Bowl winner. What was that whole like for you this last twelve months? Uh, it was it was a lot. You know, biggest decision of my life. You know. Um, I love I love the city. I love my friends over there, but I understand this is a business, and you know my business is providing for my family and, and allowing my daughter to have the best life possible. And doing that, you know, I can go out here and make a lot of money and give her the best chance in life. And that was my goal, and that's always been my goal. So to leave it, it wasn't a hard decision, but you know, you just meet people and you grow with people, and that's that's who you miss about it. Why Jacksonville? I mean, great opportunity. I want to see if I can come down here and be a, a great player, or am I a, a role player in, in a good defense where I was in Denver? And uh, you know, I just wanted to have a new challenge. Um, they offered me a lot of, a lot of uh, what do you guys have, pounds. So, you know, that was a huge incentive too. But, you know, I just want to come play, play somewhere where I, where I want to see my talent, see if I can be a really good player or am I just a role player. Final one from me. How about this London experience? What have you made of it? Oh, it's awesome, man. Definitely, uh, for me, it's one of those things that I mean, you guys kind of live just like us in the States, people just living their life, doing their thing. You know, it's, it's awesome to see something different. You know, people kind of doing the same thing we're doing. You know, for some reason you think it's different over here, you know, but it's, it's the same, man. It's, I don't understand why people are always fighting over dumb stuff. You know, we all just want to live in peace. So, Poz and Malik there speaking to myself and the Mike White. Thank you to the Mike White for providing us with that interview. Go and follow him on Twitter, mwhitesport. He is a very intelligent and good-looking man. Um, yeah, yeah, he is. Lovely fella. Really like Mike White, the Mike White. Northern nice, as well. I'd say nice things about him because I knew he'd be listening. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> don't t- don't say what you said to me off uh, off air just then. Yeah. What, what about the two of you fighting over a comb? 
that's a little bit like what the AFC South has turned into. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, you know, classy work, man. Bold, <laughs> bold jokes. Yeah, well done. I do my best, but you I are do the my best. You are a horrendous Billy Big Bollocks today, aren't you? Unbelievable stuff. Sorry, guys. I apologise. Uh, I, I managed to write preview show instead of review show on the tweet, and somebody has pointed out. Wait, hasn't week four happened already? Oh, How can you no. preview something that's been and gone? I think someone might be drunk. Oh, uh, dear. I mean... That was your perfect opportunity to play the guy who's drunk. The guy is yeah. drunk, but there he goes! Uh, let's let's do some tweets, and we'll use the tweets to bounce off some of the big Do you know what? That's a week. fantastic idea. That's the best idea you've had all day. That That's true, because mostly today, I've been laying on the sofa, uh, recovering from an overnight shift, watching... The last two episodes of Fear the Walking Dead and... Oh, the first episode of Westworld. Oh, oh I really want to see that. Come round after... When we finish doing this, come round here where we could have recorded it in person and we'll watch it. No, uh, I'm doing the sports bar. Of course you are. Yeah. Of course you're doing 15 shifts again. Yeah. Uh, get ready. Get got, ready. Got to pay for the divorce, buddy. God. <laughs> so People, bleak. So bleak. There, there was somebody who tweeted us saying about how, like, how they couldn't believe that I'd admitted to all the Billy Bo- Big Bollocks thing on the podcast. And I was like, but if we're not honest with you, do, uh, surely that's what people enjoy, right? Is when we come on and we tell them. Ex- yeah, like, surely. When we behave like our true selves rather than our media selves. Uh, this is the thing. When people meet us in person, I think they think we're boring. Uh, maybe it's just me. But because I feel like I have to behave when I meet people in person. Whereas when I'm just talking to you on a microphone, sat in my pants and a Golden State Warriors t-shirt on my sofa. Yeah, thanks. I'll, Again, I'll say great pretty image. much anything. Uh, yeah, you, yeah you, you're like uh, the Ron Burgundy of podcasts. You will say pretty much everything. Let's get to those tweets. Ben, at One True Ben. This was sent to us on Sunday night. Now, you know how I knew I'd had a few beers on Sunday night? Uh, yeah. Because whilst Matt Sherry was trying to have a serious conversation with us on Facebook about what he needed us to do for the Tuesday morning touchdown and booking things for the Super Bowl and everything else, I decided to send him 15 separate bagel-related gifts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That that is after Rex Ryan somehow managed to mastermind a 16 to nothing loss win, not loss, win over the New England Patriots. It was glorious. Jacoby Brooksett could do nothing to handle it, but it wasn't just Brick him. Brickset? Brickset, who cares? <laughs> who cares that? more? He's never going to touch the team again, is he? Because this week's Brady is back. Ben, at One True Ben, he's a Packers fan, but he tweeted saying, if Pats can go 3-1 and one this year and win 11 with Castle, is Brady simply a glorified system quarterback? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be great if he is, but he's not. Brady is one of the best ever. And I, think that, I think that guy is drunk. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, Ben. Oops. He's drunk, but there he goes! Why do I keep putting the fader down? What Absolutely no idea. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the fact is from that game, now, what, the big thing I took away from that game is that for the Patriots, it's a ball it up, throw it away, forget about it game, because Brady is back in the building. Rob Gronkowski will get back more involved thanks to that. They'll, they play the Bills again in week eight, and they will absolutely trounce them. But there are two real. There are two things I need to say that I think you might need to keep that fader up, buddy. Same, bud. The decision to fire Greg Roman was the right one, despite the fact I slagged it off two weeks ago. I can't. And, I can't argue with that. So there's no. The guy's drunk there. And right now, 
Rex Ryan might have just coached the two best games we've seen from any team this season. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. No, you might be right, actually. We've, we're pretty early in the season and there's an awful lot to come. But to put a bagel onto the New England Patriots, OK, they were without Tom Brady and had Jacoby Brissett in, but actually they steamrolled them across the board. And He's those, outcoached yeah. Bill Belichick and Bruce Arians in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if I looked back over the entire of Rex Ryan's career and couldn't find an occasion where he'd outcoached those two men a year apart, let alone in back-to-back weeks. Anthony Lynn coming as the offensive coordinator has kept them much more simple. Tyrod Taylor going short throws, getting outside the pocket, mm. behaving like Tyrod Taylor did last year. And that defense, uh, I picked up a young man called Zach Brown in our fancy league with IDP. He got 18 points this past weekend because he got, no, he got 26 points. He got 18 total tackles, four tackles for loss, a sack and a forced fumble. Had you even heard of Zach Brown three weeks ago? No, and 18 tackles. That's insane. He is a four-year veteran. Uh, he's a guy who, after his first year, we were all really excited about and has never really broken out. Jerry Hughes is playing brilliantly. Uh, you know, as a pure pass rusher, you've seen very few people ever on a Rex defense mm. have that sort of edge rush. Lorenzo Alexander is playing as well as any starter in the league, and he is, you know, a journeyman backup. Uh, th- they are The Bills look really, really good. And it's with Rob Ryan as their defensive coordinator as well. I, I'm as shocked I mean, as anybody Sorry, else. yeah. That's... The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Um, d- did you see Rex Ryan's post-match press conference? <laughs> I have seen photos. I haven't actually watched it. So he goes, get the, 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 before he answers the question, he, just, he goes up there and he goes, well, needless to say, it's been a pretty great day. And then he puts on a Clemson hat onto the podium and goes... See what I mean? <laughs> I mean, and just leaves it there, and Absolutely no one, amazing. no one does anything. No one says anything, and then he carries on. It's, I mean, it's a bit Billy Big Bollocks. There, are, yeah. <laughs> Do not compare me to Rex Ryan ever. Again. It's just happened. There are <laughs> Jake Viney's just tweeted us asking which current NFL player would you most like to share some angel delight with? Butterscotch angel delight. Uh, which no G- one specified a flavor. By the way, GB Jim who. Uh, horrendously only just made it to Wembley uh, after his train ploughed through 11 cows on the way to Wembley. That's incredible. Um, That did mean that he missed Robin Thicke, though. He did, but that's no bad thing. Um, He said on previous tweets to the pod uh, that uh, Butterscotch Angel of the Light is the best um, oh, he's not the only one. Though, as a general rule, everyone has backed you on this one. Ah, thank you very much. Well done, it, like well it. done, people. That's just a personal preference. I'll be me. Thank you very much. Uh, he, t- well, uh, yeah, Sorry, who would you- yeah, I t- we didn't actually answer the question. Actually, answered the question. I went a little bit South African. Uh, which current NFL player would you like to share some butterscotch angel delight with? Um, poof. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say... Go on. Uh, maybe, I quite like Pat McAfee. Yeah, I like Pat McAfee. That's a good shout. I definitely wouldn't want to share my angel delight with a lineman or a defensive lineman. No, nope, you're right. You know, I, I, it needs to be somebody small. Like, Julian Edelman would be perfect. Um, Jeff Locke. Uh, yeah, somebody... <laughs> somebody Marquis King. I don't know if he, eats, if he eats angel delight. I don't know if he's a fan. Maybe we could introduce it to him. But 
I'd like to speak to the only black punter in the league. I think he'd have some stories to tell. Yeah, I think he and would, yeah. he's quite a slight guy, and that means I'd get to eat most of the Angels alike. Um, yeah, okay. I think that's better than... Although mine's a punter as well, Pat McAfee. That's weird. Let's just... We'd love eating Angel Delight with punters. The John Coon. When a team comes over in two weeks, yeah, but he's a big bugger, John Coon. Yeah, Three but... touchdowns this past weekend. Three! Incredible. Uh, right, we need to talk about that game, but the real tweet Jake Barney sent in, uh, not that the other one wasn't real, but the proper one, call off all the votes. Let's just give Matty Ice the MVP award already. That was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, 503 yards. Oh, and and we also had Cal got in touch, and this is kind of this will form the next couple of games we did, asking which team has fallen off the most this year: Panthers, Cardinals, or Colts, who might bounce back into form. Oof. Now, let's, let's let's talk about it. Julio Jones, three hundred yards. The only the sixth player to ever record a three hundred yard receiving game. He recorded it in the same game that Matt Ryan had over five hundred yards. That's the first time a quarterback and wide receiver tangent have done that ever yeah. in the Super Bowl era. And they walked over the Carolina Panthers. Carolina, it, it, the final score of 48-33 makes it look like this game might have been slightly close. It was not close. Going into the fourth quarter, I think Carolina had 10 points? No, uh, yeah, they scored 20. Yeah, they did. They had 10 points going into the fourth quarter. They got 23 fourth quarter points. Proper garbage time. And Gunk. It was gunky. It, that's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> Julio Jones is a player who, when he played, when he played the Panthers last year, 178 yards, nine passes, was a phenomenal result. Particularly going up against Josh Norman, who at that point was playing unbelievably. This time he had to go against the likes of James Bradbury, Daryl Worley, and Benny Ben Wickery. Yeah, okay. So there is some argument that the back end of this Panthers defense, having fallen off quite badly, is part of the reason. Julio Jones very much suits the team that the, that the Panthers are as well because their linebackers are the kind of guys who can cover. Thomas Davis is a former safety. Shaq Thompson, former safety. Mm-hmm. Luke Keekley, one of the best coverage, if not the best love coverage linebacker in the league. But he is the fastest I've ever seen anyone getting in and out of breaks. He can run these hot streak routes and then just either cut in for a post, cut in for a slant, and no one ever sees that he's going to do it. He just shifts his little feet and then goes. And nobody can keep with him. And he tends to pick up these huge chunks of yardage after the catch because by the time the ball gets to him, you realise there's not a defensive player within about 10 yards of him. He is unbelievable. And we're hopefully going to be speaking to him this week. I think it was either last year or the year before where he scored something like 220 to 230, something like that, 230 yards against against Green Bay. Maybe 219, that rings a bell. Either way, a lot of yards against Green Bay. This kind of performance is always there with Julio. He is that close to being... I, I, think, I, said it to, I think I said it to you even pre-game um, on Sunday about will he ever be that guy who could come close to Calvin Johnson's receiving yards record I think he could be he's that good he's that unstoppable I think there's a real issue with the Panthers though when Cal was asking about who had fallen off the most because you look through the first three weeks okay against the Broncos that defense caused them a big issue but it was Trevor Simeon's first NFL start they then faced the 49ers and Blaine Gabbert and yes a lot of those points came in junk time but they still put a lot of points on them that's not something you saw from the Panthers Panthers played from first to last whistle last year and then Minnesota 
okay, again, that win is on their defense, but their attack is was incredibly one-dimensional yeah. against the Panthers, and that one dimension absolutely worked. They got down the field, they made the plays, they beat them. The Falcons are a legitimate team, and I'm as surprised as anyone because I still think they're lacking in pass rush, and I still think their secondary could do with some assistance. But I, that offense, the offensive line looks so much better than it did before. The one-two punch in the backfield of Coleman and Freeman were excellent again. And Matt Ryan, and I, I'd like to say that I never, I, you know, not quite as stubbornly as I'm on the Bengals bandwagon, but I never was off the Matt Ryan bandwagon. I was the one still picking him as a top five quarterback last year when we did our quarterback rankings. Maybe I was over the top there. But he still has these top 10 type performances in him. And now he's got the right sort of offense around him. I think the Falcons might be going to the playoffs. And what he's doing is he's cutting out those mistakes that were oh so prevalent in his game last year. He's cutting those out. And barely any this season. It They're exciting. They're, they're, they're sneakily exciting. The Panthers, uh, just going back to them, they're, they're up the gut rushing it has disappeared. Jonathan Talbot is nowhere near as good as Jonathan Stewart. Uh, sorry, Mike Talbot is nowhere near as good as Jonathan Stewart. And Jonathan Stewart has been out for their last three games. Or, yeah, their last three yeah, games, without- they've won one and, and lost two of them. And without him, the, the threat of Cam Newton making yards with his feet and the, the, the space afforded uh, to the wide receivers is not given now, and they're really missing him. Now, uh, the other uh, game that was asked about there was the Arizona Cardinals. Oh. They lost to the Los Angeles Rams, 17-13, back-to-back losses to teams that going into the season they really, really should have beaten. I'm also concerned for the Cardinals, and it's devastating, because they, their offense is all over the shop. Through four games, all of Carson Palmer's first quarter drives have resulted in punts, putting the defense behind the eight ball early on. They had nothing they could do against Aaron Donald, who was the best player on the field. One and a half sacks, four quarterback hits. Uh, Eugene Sims also looked very good. Um, and that the high-low takedown that knocked Palmer out of the game in the thir- uh, when it was still only 13 to 10 and before the Rams came back and got the, the win, that was big. Mm. We've had a second, another tweet in from Adam Foxcroft saying, is it hysterical to say there'll be two playoff teams from the NFC West and neither will be the Cardinals? I mean, on current form, that's not hysterical. Yes, it is. It's absolutely yes, it is The guy hysterical. is drunk, but there he goes. <laughs> the oh. LA Rams will go 7-9. and nine. I don't care that they're 3-1 and one right now. That They've- is 7-9 bullshit. They always play. People seem to be forgetting this because of how well they played already this season against the Seahawks and against the Cardinals. And I know the first week they were terrible against the 49ers. But one thing that the Rams have always done is played the other NFC West teams incredibly tough. And they have they got did the double over the Seahawks last year. What was their record again? Oh yeah, seven and nine. They will. That not- is seven and nine. <laughs> bullshit. The Rams will not touch the playoffs with Jeff Fisher there. I will say that right now. I also don't think they'll touch the playoffs. However, looking at their schedule, it is favourable. So you're now going to say they are going to make the playoffs? I mean, they're at home against the Bills this coming Sunday. Then they're at the Lions. They're home against the Giants, who don't travel well anywhere further west than Minneapolis, as we saw on Monday Night Football. They're home against the Panthers. They're away at the Jets. That's going to be tricky. Then they're home against the Dolphins, away at the Saints. 
home against the... You know what? They could, by the time that they have their final three games at Seahawks, home against the 49ers and home against the Cardinals, those three games could mean if they win all three of them, they make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. That, I know that is... The guy is drunk, but there he goes! It could happen. It could happen. Grace. Um... The one area, just some breaking news just come through. Uh, AJ Hawk, friend of the show, has signed with the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh. Devondre Campbell and Paul Warrior going down, and so they brought AJ Hawk in. Great veteran pickup. Uh, and not just saying that because he's a chum. Uh, let's just check any more tweets on today's. Oh, Rob Fussy gets in touch and says, Are the Raiders a force to be reckoned with or a flash in the pan? Oh, now, man, they- I have no idea. don't you think you've got no idea with this team the Ravens uh, went in 3-0 Raiders were 2-1 both these teams looked like they were playing below what their record suggested and they ended up putting together a really exciting game of football I thoroughly enjoyed this one Oakland Raiders 28 Baltimore Raiders 27 Baltimore Um, Ravens wild eventful finish I don't know what I said but I'm going to carry on Baltimore Raiders it was weird. I'm all over the shop. Steve Smith's uh, 52-yard touchdown cut the Raiders' lead to a mere two points. Then Terrence West got the touchdown, and they got the successful two-point conversion. Not enough. Oakland ended Baltimore's undefeated record with Michael Crabtree's third touchdown of the day. Crabtree has looked brilliant yeah. over this season so far. Where's Amari Cooper? Where and has he gone? Absolutely no idea, but... You know, we've talked about Bortles. We, 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 we didn't really talk about Bortles in any depth. What I saw from him on Sunday was still too many mistakes, still too slow on his release. His mechanics were better than they've been this season, but mm. they still need a lot of work. Now, go, end of last season, I was saying Bortles is the best of those quarterbacks in that group because Derek Carr had a really bad run towards the end of last year. This year, he looks assured in the pocket. He's making throws at every level. He's reading the field properly. He looks like a much, much better quarterback than he did. And the offense around him, my concern with the Raiders is that they're still conceding too many points against poor offenses. Khalil Mack has his best game of the season, but that's the first time we've really seen much of him so far. And their running game is still a bit of a shambles. They've got a three-headed backfield, none of whom are really looking to go and grab the attention. And okay, they get the occasional nice little six, seven-yard pickups, and I know mm. they've broken off a couple of big runs this year as well, but mostly it's trudgy, sledging, just not good enough. Just Yeah, that. getting so, not breaking the tackles, not getting uh, past the line of scrimmage. It's, it's dull on the ground from the Raiders, but Derek Carr's looking pretty good. Crabtree's looking excellent, and if and when Amari Cooper does finally get some form, they, they, yeah, you never know. What is this Rams train that people are on? Cy Nobles just tweeted us the Rams could win the NFC West. I saw that. I was going to ignore it. <laughs> I, I However, given that I've just said that they could put themselves in a position to win the division by the time they've got their final three games and all the divisional games, um, yeah, maybe I'm the disgrace here. Right, Steve Hall got in touch and asked about three separate games at the same time. Oh, come on, man. Steve, are you trying to make us do even more work? He said, I have a bet on Breeze to have the most passing yards, Zeke to have the most rushing yards, and Brown to have the most receiving yards. Is that going to come in? I mean, it looks like a pretty sensible bet to me right now, pretty much across the board, because... Mm, I would worry about Antonio Brown, but carry on. Antonio Brown 
Uh, he's what on three hundred and sixty nine for the year so far, and I know that Julio uh, Jones has got three hundred one game. Man, come <laughs> I on! That, I was going to say I know that Julio almost beat that in a single game, but um, uh, I he, think he, that Julio will have more passing yards, uh, receiving yards. Sorry, than Antonio Brown by the end. He of the might season. have more passing yards than him as well. Yeah, he might do. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's unlikely that Antonio Brown's going to do anything. So uh, let's talk about the three games involving those teams, though, because a few humdingers here: the Pittsburgh Steelers forty-three, the Kansas City Chiefs fourteen. Le'Veon Bell back, looking great. Still yeah. ha- handing the ball to D'Angelo Williams on the goal line as well. So he is still involved, still racking up points for your fancy teams. Um, and suddenly, they've got they've got a deep threat. Sammy Coates caught the ball deep. That wasn't happening previously. Marcus Wheaton, back in the lineup, had a couple of deep catches as well. But the Chiefs, oh, that 14 is flattering. Two late touchdowns. I think, were they both to Travis Kelsey? Yeah. Um, in the fourth quarter. Oh, no, no. Travis Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill, whoever he is. <laughs> Who? Um, you know... The Steelers absolutely steamrolled the Chiefs. And it's the win that the Steelers needed after that embarrassing loss of their own last week. The Chiefs just now know they need to turn around uh, uh, turn around after their bye week. And I knew they... That's why I was thinking, who have they got this week? I think they might be on a bye. Just double-checked it. They are on a bye. They're on a bye. They need to take their bye week, reset, and come out next week and do what the Steelers did and hand an absolute hammering to someone. So just touching on those two teams quickly, that was nuts. Um... He asked about Zeke Elliott. Look, the Cowboys beat the 49ers. I've had Richard Graves lording it over me all day. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, but that's it's a little sad, really. How can you be so excited about the idea that you beat the 49ers? I mean, it's, it's, you've got a point. Um, uh, but basically, San Francisco 49ers, we're the new Browns. Oof. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Over the last three years, with the retirements, with the injuries, and then seeing Navarro Bowman having come back oh, from that injury, I'm so the sorry first three you. weeks looking incredible, rupturing his Achilles, out for the year. Will he ever come back from that injury as well? Just, just shocking. But what he wanted to talk about, we should talk about the uh, Cowboys offense in general. Dak Prescott, um, you know. 49ers took a big early lead in this one, um, 14 point advantage, and he came back from adversity, uh, mm. which is the first time we've seen it. In the first three games, uh, the Cowboys have led early on, 17 uh, nothing in his uh, third start, um, and he came back from behind, led a couple of really good touchdown drives. Stat Prescott looks like a player, yeah, but it was against the 49ers. Um, Zeke Elliott, what's, what's interesting with Zeke Elliott is that everything is going up week by week. Yeah, it's um, ratcheting up, isn't it? It's like he's it's like he's learning the NFL very quickly, having started very slowly. His yards per carrier up every week. I think his yardage was down two yards this week, but when you go 140 and 138, that's not really a huge issue. Um, he runs downhill with power, grows stronger as a game winds on and defenses tire. He looks like a player. So the answer is yes, I think you've got a good chance of winning that. Yeah, I can't disagree. Although the Drew Brees, the, yeah. the only reason I question the Drew Brees one is purely because I what I found funny when I uh, when I went back and watched the games back on Monday morning was everyone sold this Saints Chargers game, which finished New Orleans Saints thirty five, San Diego Chargers thirty four. Oh, Mike McCoy, poor poor Mike McCoy. They 
everyone was saying, oh, Drew Brees leads stunning comeback. This wasn't two 80-yard drives within the final five minutes. These were two occasions where the Saints just gave the ball away with a huge lead in the final quarter. 13-point lead with, with, with five minutes left. Inexplicable. Melvin Gordon fumbles one, and then... Uh, or, uh, yeah, I think he fumbles one. And then um, uh, the other one... Uh, who was it? Was it Tavon? Travis, 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 Travis Benjamin. Benjamin. Travis Benjamin just, he's, he catches the ball, runs with it for a bit, and then just lets it fall out of his hands. No one touches him. It is inexplicable. You've this got to feel the, for Mike McCoy. And these uh, were with great field position for the turnover for the Saints to then score. It, it was weird. And and when they when they got the ball back, down a point, able to drive down to potentially get a game-winning field goal... Philip Rivers gets picked off. Yeah, yeah. It just by just... The, the worst defense in the league. It's it was a weird finale, a really strange. I would say, is it last seven minutes they they were two scores ahead with the ball. I mean, amazing, balmy, uh, absolutely balmy. More breaking news on the pod. We need some kind of breaking news stab. Strong work, mate. The Colts have released cornerback Antonio Cromartie. <laughs> no way! So they clearly weren't happy with the performance on Sunday. He's gone. Wow. Has he gone for taking a knee? Or has he gone uh, just because he was no, so he, bad? because he was dreadful, I imagine. Where's he going to end up? <laughs> I don't care. All right. I just, I, I'm sorry, but uh, on a scrap heap somewhere. It was just such a bad performance. Fair enough. And, Nothing to do with them taking a knee. That's absolutely fine. You take your knee, and I respect your decision. But no, bad, bad. Um, we kind of we were saying we weren't going to touch on all the games, but we kind of have been doing. So should we quickly run through the ones we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, Titans beat uh, uh, lost at the Texans twenty twenty seven. The game really was all about Will Fuller. That incredible tie breaking sixty seven yard punt return where he was untouched, untouched. Will Gavin uh, was unbelievable. He looks a real player, doesn't he? Um, he does. DeMarco Murray, however, just on the other side of the ball. I want to give him some love. Yeah, yeah a couple of touchdowns, 95 yards. Brilliant. He's playing very well. I, I am concerned about the, the, the Titans' offense because we heard all about this exotic smash mouth before the season. Well, there's been nothing particularly exotic or smashing about this at all. Uh, Marcus Mariota doesn't suit the offense anyway whatsoever they've got no deep threat and Will Fuller is a prime example uh, of what they're missing out on the Texans we talked about this at the start of the season got a lot quicker this year Lamar Mm. Miller Will Fuller they added pace and speed to their offense the Titans wide receivers just offered nothing and Delaney Walker can't do it all on his own he he started this game after he was questionable all week and he looked like he was a yard off the pace have beaten the Texans I thought they were in position to and I know when it comes to a punt return all very exciting but yeah I I I worry that the Mike Malarkey experiment needs to come to an end sooner rather than later for these poor Titans yeah I, I, I have to agree with you I, I feel sad for the Titans Russell Wilson have yourself a day who would have thought I thought he was injured I thought he was half dead I in uh, I know talking about your fantasy league's boring, but I don't care. I'm going to talk about one. I lost in a league by one point this week because I started Trevor Simeon in place of Russell Wilson, and he got injured. Wow. Whilst Russell Wilson threw for three touchdowns and was incredible. 
I don't want the sad music. <laughs> I'm just saying. That he couldn't get out of the pocket. He wasn't elusive. We thought this game was set up for a potential Jets upset because of that defense. <sighs> Brian Fitzpatrick for another three, four picks, whatever it was. Nine inceptions across two My games. God, he's been crap, hasn't he? He's falling <laughs> apart. Jimmy Graham. Hello. I'm loving Jimmy Graham. I'm loving that I've. I'm not. I know it's boring about talking about uh, your own fantasy team, but I'm loving the fact that I picked up Jimmy Graham to back up Tyler Eifert, and Jimmy Graham is looking great. I like that we're giving the lowest level of analysis ever to these games. (laughs) Uh, The Chicago Bears 17, the Detroit Lions 14. I don't want to talk about this game. Um, Vic Fangio, who I gave a lot of love to at the beginning of the season, and I still believe that Bears defense will get good this year because. They have a lot of young talent to come back from injury. But when we're talking about two coaches who I had a lot of love for before the season, Jim Bob Cooter, who has got this offense firing all year, and Vic Fangio, who I still have a lot of love from from his 49ers days, he completely took this game away from Matthew Stafford, um, despite the fact that he had so many injuries. Um, took away the quick routes, took away the downfield shots to Marvin Jones. Uh, easily the worst game Stafford's had under Jim Bob Cooter and potentially a blue print. I really want to say Blu-ray, which I know is not the right thing. It's a blueprint, mate. Well done. <laughs> uh, a blueprint for... I remember the old days when we first started doing this show. I'd have edited out a mistake like that. Just I leave just, it in. just don't care anymore. Not, no, that's wrong. I do care. The thing is, I really, really care. But I think people like the mistakes. I think so, too. Mm. Um, I'm only human, after all. Hashtag Billy Big Bollocks. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you're hashtagging Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> honestly, it is absolutely disgraceful. Let's move on. The Redskins. Uh, the, uh, uh, ah! yeah, okay. Jordan Howard. Yeah, that's okay. That's the only thing I want to say. Jordan Carry Howard. on. Big day for him. Big, big day for him. Jeremy Langford might not get that job back when he comes back into the Bears team. Do you know what? He really might not. Just saying. That's all I've got to say about Chicago. Washington beat the Browns 31-20. And it looks like, Will Gavin, Kirk Cousins knows where the red zone is and knows how to pass from it Uh, into the end zone. Oh, he knew where the red zone was, my friend. He just only knew how to throw interceptions once he was there. Jordan Reed had himself a day. Uh... He was brilliant last year, and he, what, did he have two touchdowns? Two touchdowns, nine Nine receptions, 73 yards. Uh, He was fantastic against the Browns, absolutely brilliant. The other one came from Chris Thompson, uh, the running back. uh, I assume that was catching out of the backfield. I'm not going to lie, I haven't watched this game back. I remember watching it partially at the time, and the Browns were right in it until the third quarter, weren't they? And then basically at, at about 20 points apiece, they just started going, hey, guys, hey, guys. You have the ball. We don't want it anymore. Hey, guys. Uh, Terrell Pryor scored another touchdown, though. He's looking like a one hell of a player. Yeah, and when you consider Josh Gordon uh, being cut, Cody uh, Cody Kessler, that's their quarterback, uh, Corey Coleman. Coleman. Yeah. Uh, not, not Corey Graham, the Bills safety, who was the other player entering my head. No, no one mentioned him. Corey Coleman, broken thumb. He's out for another four or five weeks. You know, Terrell Pryor, fair play to him. I like Terrell Pryor. I've got a lot of time for him. But yeah, I, me too. It's a big, I'm a big fan of his. I feel like we've talked about this game too much already. Far too and much. then, the Denver Broncos. Wow. I think we did have a tweet about the Denver Broncos, actually, and I'm just trying to find it. Well, friend of the show, Paxton Lynch, came in for Trevor Simeon. What did he do? 
He kept finding Emmanuel Sanders, and one of those was in for the in, in the end zone. He's got his first touchdown as a as an NFL player. I'm super pleased for him. He looked actually pretty decent as well. They're four and zero. Yeah, <laughs> like that defense hasn't. Uh, you know, Derek Wolf, an absolute bargain. Whilst letting Malik Jackson and Malik Jackson had a good game this weekend and looks like a player still, but they knew they weren't going to be able to afford to keep him around at that money. Derek Wolf. Unbelievable. Two and a half sacks, five quarterback kicks on Winston. Total four sacks on the season. And that's nine million a year versus nearly 20 million a year wow. for Malik Jackson. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Hashtag just saying. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've, t- we've touched on all the games. Actually, that was another game where I thought might be a bit of a trap game because I like the uh, I like the Bucks when they're at home. I like them offensively. But Denver defense looking very, very good. And actually, we're seeing a situation emerge at the top of many people's power rankings. The first power rankings of the season are really starting to take off. And the names in the frame at the very top end, a lot of people disrespecting the Eagles, which I don't like, placing them like down at 10th and stuff like that. They have been a better team than that this year. They've been a top five or six teams so far this season um elsewhere people you know we're missing one game we've missed one game have we yeah what game have we missed the other four and oh team it's pretty disgraceful that we leave the two four and oh teams to the very end oh because it was monday night football that's why that's why buddy because we meant to talk about this at the start of the show and we forgot to yeah uh, I watched this game last night. The Minnesota Vikings. That's the other two. So I'm saying the Vikings, the Broncos, the Seahawks, all emerging at the top of everyone's power rankings. Defenses are going to win your championships. They completely shut down Odell Beckham uh, yet again. Uh, I think they held him to 23 yards, having uh, held uh, Antonio Brown last week to no- oh, having held Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin, Be- Kelvin Benjamin last week to nothing. Have they got Antonio Brown? No, they've got DeAndre Hopkins coming up. Yeah. Uh, next week so they might hold him to nothing again man they've looked really really impressive um and, and what, what about sam bradford did he does he look like he's a bit more involved in with with this offense because last still, week he didn't look totally part of the offense they're still keeping it simple we're seeing a lot of running off the ground i saw i, I enjoyed the split between mckinnon doing a bulk of the work outside the red zone although he did get the touchdown late on and matt Asiata doing the short yardage work doing the goal line work that seems to be like a decent one-two punch not at the very you know they're not up there with the best in the league but certainly they are filling in admirably for adrian peterson who obviously fulfills both those roles himself and bradford did everything he had to do mm-hmm. he didn't turn the ball over he found guys downfield uh he kept going to i'm gonna i'm gonna actually struggle to remember this guy's name because i genuinely adam thielen uh had a day for himself and again because he the, he had a great start to the game against green bay and that's why i think stefan diggs managed to then find all of the space because green bay were worried about the size and athleticism of thielen and Diggs made hay elsewhere. So he, he he's coming along, is he? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Uh, and uh, even even Corderell Patterson caught some catches. Oh, so you know, sweet Corderell. Uh, the Vikings look like a really great team, and I apologise that we've got to talk about them until the very end of the pod. Uh, let's look forward to Thursday night football quickly, Ollie. Uh, coming up this Thursday night, it is at the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. And what the most surprising thing about this game going into week four? Mm. They're matching one and three records. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> that, that 
That's really weird. You've got Drew Stanton. Uh, him of the touch touchline celebration will be starting for. You'd we'd presume he's going to start, given the concussion protocols that Carson Palmer went through, and probably still is going through. Um, I'm. Is this the best ever chance that this 49ers, a terrible 49ers team, even without Navarro Bowman, is it the best ever chance that they have of going two and three and beating this Arizona Cardinals side? Um, uh, yes, but they still won't. <laughs> okay. I know it's short week. I know it's the Cardinals traveling on the road. I, uh, yeah, there are so many, so many reasons. I think David Johnson is too good for this 49ers team. He, he can go there and play well. I think they've got too many options in the passing game. I think their defense is too good, just not showing it at the moment. And mm. I think that if you, if you're talented, but not playing well, there are worse teams you could face than the 49ers right now. So I still fancy Arizona. I think it'll be tighter than it probably would have been, than I thought it would have been going into the season. But I still think they'll win it by a score or so. Okay. Uh, I would say, uh, I think it might be a bit of a blowout. Maybe three scores. Yeah. 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 There we go. Thanks, yeah. mate. Sorry. Mate. I'm, really, I'm glad you really backed the 49ers in yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> were there any final tweets? Anything else we needed to get to? Not from my end here, no. Another insanely long podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, but it's okay because, you know, we had the interviews to get to and everything else mm-hmm. and we needed to get all our thoughts in. So later in the week, we will have a preview for week five. We are meant to be speaking to Julio Jones at some point this week. I imagine he's going to be pretty highly in demand with the media after his 300-yard game. So don't be surprised if that gets pushed back to next week. But we are meant to be talking to him. And if we do, we'll bring that to you on the end of the week show. Otherwise, Ollie, any final thoughts? Nada. Wonderful stuff. Don't forget, gridiron-magazine.com forward slash after party. Go and get your tickets. Come down. Have some fun with us. Yeah, we'll, we'll all have a beer together. We'll chat football. It'll be a great time. We'll watch the games. It's going to be brilliant. We're all going to love it. You should be there with us. Uh, otherwise, thank you as always for listening at Gridiron on Twitter. We'll tweet all the stuff about the tickets from there as well. Um, thank you for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show.